We're recording. This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ, the big guy. Hey, listener, it's Russ, the big guy, and welcome back to uh, Going Boldly with me, Russ, the big guy. And today is a special episode. This is one of our midweek surprise episodes, our bonus episodes. And Brenna and I decided that we would just chit-chat a little bit about her so you guys could get to know her a little better. You've probably heard her in the background of some of the... uh, episodes and maybe even actively engaged in conversation in some, but we realized, actually I realized that I never did a proper introduction. So today's the day and we're going to talk a little bit about the podcast, how it's going. We've recorded some that you haven't heard yet, probably. So um, we'll try not to give away any secrets. Uh, Welcome, Brenna. Hi. So as you know, everyone in uh, listening land here, Brenna is my uh, daughter. She owns the recording studio next door to us up here in the uh, penthouse suite on Washington Ave. Name of recording studio is Waverly Manor Studios. Named after a friend of hers, Waverly. Anyway, so she's over there. She's going to tell us more about what's happening over at Waverly Manor Studios, and we'll get to know Brenna a little bit more. So I have her come in and kind of keep an eye on me because sometimes I forget to press the record button or my microphone is off or you're I'm fiddling with your pens. I'm fiddling with pens, making noises, which I do a lot. So we got she's a kind of, spinner to play with. I have one, but it, it makes too much noise. So I don't bring it in here. It keeps me from grinding my teeth. Um, but Brenna, enough about me. So <laughs> this is to meet Brenna, kind of get to know Brenna a little bit better. I hope that you'll enjoy this episode, getting to know her and she will continue to be on or in the background of future episodes, at least for this foreseeable future. Um, and when she disappears, you'll know that she made it to L.A., which is one of her big, one of <laughs> her big somewhere. goals, or somewhere. So, anyways, uh, Brenna is uh, watches my back in here. I don't want to blame any of the engineering on Brenna. Other than the fact, <laughs> other than <laughs> good or bad, you can't. I'm a fly on the wall. One of the big things that she did was she wrote, recorded produced, engineered, did everything, uh, basically made our theme music. So thank you for that. Welcome. I think the podcast is going pretty well. We've had some real yeah. good feedback. What's your What's your impression? What are your thoughts on it? It sounds great. You're doing a great job. Well, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I, I wasn't asking you to try to get a compliment out of you, but. Um, but yeah, thanks. So we did get some really, really good feedback. I mean, I'm willing to take whatever input I can get to make it better. The is outro. This the seventh inning stretch of podcast episodes. Mm, I think we passed that already. <laughs> uh, things are going well with the podcast, and we have now introduced Brenna. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're up to. Well, should we start with when you were born? Or? <laughs> it was a cloudy day, probably. So, Brenna was one of those creative kids who obviously was connected with music. It was super obvious, and also marched to the beat of her own drummer. She was very independent, made her own rules. The word you're looking for very creative. Is weird. Used to, <laughs> used to dress herself in just the strangest yeah. mix of clothes. Still and do. and I think and of course the biggest thing that we recognized as parents was her connection to music, starting from when she was little. So as many of you know, Brenna is also my daughter. Uh number two of two. And uh <laughs> Brenna's a musician, and she's been touring on her own and then also with uh, another musician, and then a couple bands that she's in. One one 
is a band. I would say one is a band I lead and one is a band I'm a part of. Okay. Even though the band I lead is, I'm also a part of. Okay. And it's not a dictatorship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whether on your own or with someone else, we spent a lot of time together. We've spent a lot of time in the vehicle driving across the country. Mm-hmm. We should have re- recorded our podcast episode then. Yeah, flying to Ireland. <laughs> that would have been a good one. <laughs> oh my gosh, there were. That was uh, that was one of those things where you keep telling yourself like we're only going to remember the good stuff, the best parts. I only remember the good and stuff. And <laughs> then, as it turned out, pretty much that's the case. But there were some incredibly frustrating moments with that uh, debacle. Although, as it all turned out, it was great. So, anyways, we want to get to know Brenna a little bit more. Uh, Brenna is that artist person. Our podcast, of course, is about entrepreneurs, people who are following their passion. I think you had your first music lesson at about eight years old. Does that make sense? I think it was four. Yeah, I think I think I I think you guys brought me to a vocal lesson when I was four. A vocal lesson. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I had, and I had a drum lesson somewhere in there. Yeah, I didn't like either of those things. The, we tra- yeah, uh, we, <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, neither my wife and I, or I, so Brenda's mom or me, are musicians, <laughs> <laughs> which is so it's a little bit difficult. But but we took Brenda to <laughs> as many sorry. people as we could find <laughs> so to <sorry>. help. <laughs> I had a couple friends who were musicians, so when she got a little older, I took her there to try to get a little bit of a guitar lesson to kind of see if it would take, like if it was the right place to be for her. Guitar stuck right away. So, I think at this point, guitar did start at eight. Yeah. You're right there. I did guitar lessons every week. For like 10 years. For probably 10 years, yeah. That was with Paul Napick, local guy. They really clicked. It's like two teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Teach, one teaching the other yeah, how to play guitar. Paul was the best guitar teacher. Shout out to Paul. I mean, everybody has a different style, but for you... That was for perfect. Me, here's my here's my um my hype up for Paul as a teacher. All right, teacher. go ahead. Is he'll love this. Is it, Paul, if you're listening, <laughs> um, he validated my passion. Oh. So as a an eight year old girl, he's going to teach you the music you want to learn. Right. And teach you the fundamentals along the way. Yeah. He taught me fundamentals of guitar and fundamentals of music and songwriting you know all the the boring stuff quote unquote yeah funny years boring stuff um but he made it fun but he made it fun because he taught me the music i wanted to learn now at that point we're talking eight-year-old girl listening to high school musical in hannah montana and disney <laughs> oh, music and that's the music i wanted to learn right <laughs> and, and paul said okay yeah. And so, that's something. So, and so the first song that Paul taught me, I remember this, was Best of Both Worlds by Hannah Montana. You know, and I think that was really important for me to start out in an environment that was uplifting. Well, you stuck so it out. Many- you were there for a long time. I know you took some lessons with Mike. Yeah, I did take lessons with Mike Manning. Mike was a touring guitar player with uh, Demi Lovato for a long time. I don't think he's with her anymore. He's off doing his other projects. Yeah. But that was pretty cool. So the but the ironic part about that, at least from my point of view, was Mike didn't realize that you knew, like you had appreciated him. I'm not sure how that got connected together, but no, you I, already knew of him ahead of time somehow, I, I, and then you had knew his songs. Like 
you knew the Demi Lovato songs because from your t- t- <laughs> from okay, your okay, okay. from your bopper years, outing, teeny bopper you're years. You're outing me as a fangirl right now. Is what's happening? <laughs> well, I like a lot of her songs. You were at the shows too. I know. I like the older. Well, you were just a little <laughs> kid for some of them. I like the older. I like the older ones the best. So, and for you know my favorite. All of the listeners that yeah. are currently stuck with us right now, I want you to know the last ten seconds was embarrassing <laughs> the last <laughs> no the last 10 seconds was you fixing your mustache oh behind the microphone. <laughs> no one can see that go ahead um you're at, oh you're distracting okay. oh you were, we're embarrassed because you just distracted from mark <laughs> deflecting you deflected okay 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 you were a fangirl we're of like Demi at the we're time. like really doing this we're doing this um backstory really slowly here that's we're okay we can edit okay. it we can tighten it up okie dokie and post okay we're really going, going people, for the People have a fast-forward button if they want to. <laughs> Press that 15 seconds forward. Yeah, I do that all the time. Um, yeah, I had been a fan of Mike's playing through seeing Demi Lovato, and I really connected with him as a guitar player because he was playing the music I wanted to play, playing in a style that I liked. I hadn't seen that from anybody in the mainstream music world prior. Starting out as an 8-year-old girl who loves pop music, when we saw Demi Lovato the first time, being able to see a live show the way that, that they did it and to be able to see somebody play guitar the way I wanted to play guitar was um, very fun. So it was a really incredible experience to be able to learn some some tricks from him. Yeah, so that was a good opportunity. Little did he know you would <laughs> you had already been watching I'm sure he watching assumed, I mean, his, his, a lot of his following is yeah. from the... Oh, it's on Instagram. Levotic days. Oh, I see. So cool. So along the way, you're doing other things too, right? The vocal lessons we had been doing, other opportunities. Well, it took a while. It took a while for me to find a vocal coach that fit right. my style. So a lot of these things are happening at the same time or kind of overlapping, overlapping. or whatever throughout we'll the years, right? We'll talk about overlapping. Yeah. My vocal coach, Emily. The one you um, have now. Who, yes, who I met um, a couple years ago. You're not working with her right now, are you? Not currently, but oh, okay. I'm not singing, so you can only do so many th- can only do so many things at once, right? I only have so many hours in the day. Right. Emily is toured with Christina Perry. There was a lot going on, so you eventually did find a vocal coach, a professional level vocal coach who not only worked but taught in the genre that you were interested in. Correct. So that's important to know. One of the many things that you did along the way. You had a management company you worked with for a while. That was part of the reason why you had the touring in Ireland. You also went to Nashville and recorded a couple singles down there yeah. with a producer down there. And part of that was doing a couple hours with a vocal coach down there. Right. And that woman, whatever you guys did together, you improved your vocal <laughs> capabilities by 50% well, in two hours. I think everybody learns a certain way and everybody teaches a certain way. And sometimes yeah. sometimes it just takes a little to find the compatibility between those two things. So if, yeah. if, if you have a teacher that doesn't teach the way you need to learn, it's probably not going to be the best learning environment. But right. if you can find a teacher, or if you're a teacher and you can find students who learn the way that you teach then that's you're both setting yourself up for success in that regard. Yeah, I agree. And and I think it's interesting because you kept you kept at it and kept working. Like you didn't give up with the first vocal coach and then you didn't give up with the second vocal coach and then finally well, we may have stopped going. But I mean, you didn't you didn't <laughs> say like, "Oh, I can't sing. I'm never going to get better" because you 
You know what I mean? Right. And it was when you finally hit her, that was great. And then the fourth one is the one that you've worked with most recently. I d- yeah, I don't but know. But not right num- now. I don't know what the number is, but. Well, there's four. I do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know the number. Four. You've been counting? Uh, every, yeah. During this whole time also, I'm trying to get you some experience in recording. So I have some friends who kind of do their own musical thing at home. So I took you to one friend to record a song or probably an acoustic thing. I can't remember what we did, like in his house. And then we found through some other thing that you were doing, some other activity, a really cool guy locally who actually had a studio in his house. And he had you come and you had had some experience doing that. Two songs and I recorded both those two songs with both those people. And there were positives and negatives to both, but it was a chance for you to get experience. They were all little baby steps. Yeah. And then eventually when you were 14 and 15, you got in the studio and started recording your own songs with a producer. That was about the time I started writing. Right. And that was an interesting experience. Then that got us to the Nashville producer. That was the next step. My observation at least was that when Andy and you, Andy was guitar player in your band came, we and then a team at that point he had experience doing producing music but when you guys started working together that was actually good so you started learning production that way on your own and so started getting music the way you wanted it and eventually you started practicing more doing more production yeah then you went to a, a week-long boot camp with fet yeah um gained more skills got you know the equipment together and then you working out of your house and eventually had clients and needed to move out of the house and that brought us to Waverly Manor Studios where you're doing your own stuff plus for clients also at the same time as the songwriting yes so you're doing the songwriting so Zarni and I had Zarni come to the house and help you and the whole goal was to help Brenna come up with some tools to help her write songs Right, because no one ever told and me I how d- to write songs. Yeah, I and I didn't know if you would. And I remember I was kind of like watching. and. I think I was 13 at this point. You guys were doing something, working together. And I said something about, well, you know, maybe she's not really a songwriter. And Zarni pretty much scolded me. Oh, <laughs> she's she? like, yeah, well, not scolded, but Thanks, she had Zarni. a she had a visceral reaction. Was like, what do you, why? Wait, she's already a songwriter. She's already done more than most kids her age. And it's like, okay. It was like that was good news to me because I knew it was okay. something you, I know it was something you wanted. She recognized that you had the talent, and Zarni's very talented. Oh, She's yeah. working in Nashville now, writing music for yeah. you know big stars. So. I love Zarni. Again, all these little pieces. We would go to a yearly convention or a music conference rather in L.A. Taxi music, music. What do they call it? Taxi music. Taxi road rally. The, yeah, the road rally, and you <laughs> met there at one of the meet and greets. I guess it was like it was like. What speed dating for? It was. It was. <laughs> it was like speed was, dating it, it for professionals was, in the music it business. It was professional mentor speed dating. Yeah, basically, as um, it was a giant ballroom. You weren't there. You didn't get tickets to the. Lunch. That's true. I wasn't I, allowed I went in, in by there, myself, which was fine. I didn't need to be in there. Um, <laughs> it was a giant ballroom. It's not my thing. Filled anyways. with uh, ten top round tables. Yeah, and um. What a great experience, one, one right? One seat, one seat was open at every table, and that was the mentor's seat. And you being the smarty pants. Me being the smarty pants, I uh, saw somebody I knew in who works works for taxi, and I asked her, yeah, what the best seat in the house was, and she said, sit next to the empty seat because that's wow. where the mentor's going to be. Smart. I said, you're so smart, and, so <laughs> and you did it. Right? I rushed over to the first table I saw, kind of out in the corner, that had an empty seat. Every fifteen minutes, a new mentor's at your table. 
and then did it again the next day. And that's okay. when I met my mentor, who I'm currently still working with. Yeah. And what did she say when she got up from the table? That's why I oh. like you. That, that was fun. That was kind of fun to hear. Oh, she just, she told me to hit her up on Instagram. Oh, I think she, you always said it like, hit me up, girl, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, I think listeners kind of get an idea of what you're about there. So that kind of brings us to Waverly Manor Studios. You're still doing a lot, and uh, I think that you've kind of brought all of your skills and talents like kind of through a that. Lot, though. What did we miss? We we skipped all the all the live performing. Oh, all the other instruments. Oh yeah, Just jumped right to this. All right, you guys- <laughs> I'm stuffed up. <laughs> you didn't see that, did you? <laughs> that's why I don't oh, like vi- that's why I like this better than video. All right, so maybe we should take this point now that we're warmed up and start over. Okay. <laughs> well, that. That covers a lot. You were doing a lot, and many things overlapped, and some things you were doing all at the same time. Meanwhile, you're learning other instruments. You were touring with Natalie Claro, and she had you opening for her. Like So it was a She's a Spy. At this point, everybody in the band had quit, and it was just you. So you're... No, we... Before that. What's that? We met... We played with Natalie before that. Oh, all right. Well, I'll just edit this out. <laughs> Wait, I feel like we we didn't. I feel like maybe I feel like maybe now that we're warmed up, maybe we should like pause. Why? And and just start over. Oh, it's fine. Because I, I feel add, like I'll edit it. I'll edit it all up. I feel. I I'll f- aggressively I edit. Feel, <laughs> you're gonna need to, but <laughs> I just. So I feel like we didn't. If we're gonna do the whole backstory, well, we didn't do it the right way. We didn't. No. Because it goes theater, guitar lessons, song. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because... I can show them that the audience is growing. So, please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.